This is the Falcon Twin Podcast from falcontwin.com. I'm Brendan, sitting here with a lovely cup of Genmai Cha Tea from Adagio, who paid me nothing for that plug, much like nobody pays me anything for anything. And this is my response to the five things you didn't know about me meme, otherwise known as don't ask and I won't tell. Lesson learned? So, Sela of the Mystic Worlds blog, which is at notadiary.typepad.com, and also occasional contributor to Virgin Worlds, tagged me with this five things you didn't know about me meme, which has been circulating for the past few weeks in the MMO blogo mondo, oh my god, what the fuck, you looted my epic sphere, which started with Raf Coster, who was presently working on some sort of vaporware project called Areola or some shit. And I have to say right up front that I really hate these sorts of chain letter things. I mean, I really, really hate them. You do not have any comprehension of the depth of my contempt for these sorts of things. And there's another podcaster out there who, I don't know, maybe he does listen to the podcast, I don't think he does, who hit me with one of these things a few months ago unannounced, and I was not exactly thrilled with that either. But I have no scene to talk about yet, and I have a podcast due for posting on Wednesday, and this may in fact be the last opportunity I'll have to talk about any of this, and furthermore, if Wanda Wisdom has the balls to talk about her life and all its gory details all the time, then I should certainly be able to do also. Besides which, what do I have to lose? I have no reputation to protect anyway. So here we go. Number one. I have avoidant personality disorder. Let me read to you a little summary of this disorder from Wikipedia. Avoidant personality disorder is characterized by a pervasive pattern of social inhibition, feelings of inadequacy, and extreme sensitivity to negative evaluation. People with avoidant personality disorder often consider themselves to be socially inept or personally unappealing and avoid social interaction for fear of being ridiculed, humiliated, or disliked. They typically present themselves as loners and report feeling a sense of alienation from society. Now also let me read to you the diagnostic criteria from the dsm 4 which is the American Psychiatric Association's Manual for Diagnosing Mental Disorders. Number one, avoids occupational activities that involve significant interpersonal contact because of fears of criticism, disapproval, or rejection. Check. Two, is unwilling to get involved with people unless certain of being liked. Check. Three, shows restraint within intimate relationships because of the fear of being shamed or ridiculed. Intimate relationships. Four, is preoccupied with being criticized or rejected in social situations. Check. 5. Is inhibited in new interpersonal situations because of feelings of inadequacy. Check. 6. Views self as socially inept, personally unappealing, or inferior to others. Well, if you read Falcon Twin, you don't really need me to tell you. 7. Is unusually reluctant to take personal risks or to engage in any new activities because they may prove embarrassing. Check. In fact, let me read to you a little more. Individuals with personality disorders have more difficulty in every aspect of their lives. Their individual personality traits reflect ingrained, inflexible, and maladaptive patterns of behaviors that cause discomfort and impair an individual's ability to function. They are less likely to have happy marriages, less likely to be successful parents, less likely to function as an effective team player at work, more likely to have psychiatric and mental disorders, more likely to have a poor response to psychiatric and medical treatment, more likely to get in trouble with the law. Well, I'm doing all right on that one. More likely to be generally miserable. Having a personality disorder means you are not the kind of person who can adapt smoothly to the normal give-and-take of everyday life. You misperceive or filter out new information that does not support your expectations. Then, you act in a way that elicits just those responses from others that will make your negative expectations a reality. 
You generally do not take responsibility for your own life and feelings. Instead, you tend to blame others. You lack sufficient coping mechanisms to be adaptive and deal with everyday problems and stressors. There's really some good stuff on this. View of others. Individuals with AVPD view the world as unfriendly, cold, and humiliating. People are seen as potentially critical, uninterested, and demeaning. They will probably cause shame and embarrassment for individuals with AVPD. As a result, people with this disorder experience social pan-anxiety, that's pan-anxiety, anxiety of everything, folks, and are awkward and uncomfortable with people. However, they are caught in an intense approach-avoidance conflict. They believe that close relationships will be rewarding, but are so anxious around people that their only solace or comfort comes in avoiding most interpersonal contact. Individuals with AVPD tend to respond to low-level criticism with intense hurt. To make matters worse, they become so socially apprehensive that neutral events may well be interpreted as evidence of disdain or ridicule by others. They come to expect the attention from others will be degrading or rejecting. They assume that no matter what they say or do, others will find fault with them. Even memories for individuals with AVPD are composed of intense, conflict-ridden, problematic early relationships. They must avoid the wounds inside of them at the same time they are avoiding the external stresses of contact with others. The external environment brings no peace and comfort, and their painful thoughts do not allow them to find solace within themselves. Relationships. Individuals with AVPD are lonely loners. They would like to be involved in relationships, but cannot tolerate the feelings they get around other people. They feel unacceptable, incapable of being loved, and unable to change. Because they retreat from others in anticipation of rejection, they lead socially impoverished lives. They have immature and unrealistic expectations of relationships. They believe that they can have no imperfections if they are to be accepted and loved. Interpersonally, they are ill at ease, awkward, and tense. They experience unremitting self-consciousness, self-contempt, and anger toward others. So, sorry for excerpting so much, but I think you get the idea. So, after me reading that off, I'm certain you're thinking this is just Brennan hating himself again. But no! This is, in fact, something that I had never even heard of before until I was diagnosed with it by a person with a real PhD. And let me explain the story of that. So after I transferred to UCSD in early 2004, I, you know, I knew that they had all these services available, and so I checked, and yes, they did have psychological counseling services because, well, I knew something was wrong. And so I went and I talked to a counselor for a while, and you know, towards the end of it, eventually she said, uh, okay, well, I, I think I... I have a handle on this. Let me just run down these criteria. And she read me the seven criteria that I just read to you. And to each one of them, I said, well, yeah, pretty much yes. And so that's how I knew that I had avoidant personality disorder. And as much as knowing it has really changed basically nothing in my entire life, it certainly at least gave me a little bit of comfort knowing that there is something known about this. And AVPD isn't agoraphobia. I don't have a problem being outside or in crowds or anything like that. I don't have a problem being in public at all, really, or even in groups of people socially, provided that I either know them and I know that they're not going to start bagging on me, or the topic of conversation doesn't turn to me, in which case I get extremely nervous and uptight. It's kind of difficult to explain what it's like living with this condition, but I guess I could say it's kind of like being afraid of everyone all the time, especially strangers. Anyone you meet basically scares you. And in reality, it's probably a whole lot worse than I'm making it sound. And yes, it probably does mean what you think it means if you follow it through to its logical conclusion. I'm not receiving treatment for this, and I sort of decided not to. After I talked to the counselor, this was in spring of 2004 as the year was coming to a close at UCSD, and she referred me to, because she wasn't going to be able to counsel me over the summer, she referred to me to another counselor here in the San Diego area, and I went to her once, and I was getting, part of it was that I was getting kind of a really weird negative vibe from her, 
And then also, after I went to the first session, I discovered that, oh, hey, my medical insurance doesn't cover any of this. Well, at least it doesn't cover any of it until $1,000, and it, well, $100 or so at a session, it was basically going to be, you know, 10 months out of the year, I was just paying for it out of pocket, and I may have some money to spend, but I don't have that kind of money to just throw away on something that I didn't really have any confidence was going to fix anything. And I'm not really interested in receiving treatment either, which kind of plays into that, because Really, you know, treatment of something like this, you have two choices. You can either take drugs, or you can solve it through some sort of force of your own volition, you know, presumably with help of a counselor or a group or something like that. But I lack the balls to deal with the issue on my own, and uh, even with the you know support of a counselor or group, I don't really think that I'd be able to make any meaningful changes. And I don't want to take medication, because I think that's the coward's way out, and I don't really believe in medicating anything short of just flat-out lunacy. And to answer the inevitable question, yes, I'd rather be unhappy and not medicated than drugged up and happy. So, there you go. That's number one. Number two, I didn't own a cell phone until about a month ago. Now, this isn't technically true. I had a cell phone in high school that my parents gave to me, but after I got it, I basically stuffed it in my glove compartment and ignored it. And to be honest, I hate cell phone companies even more than I hate Korean MMOs, which is a lot. And I hate the phones themselves nearly as much. And I used to build the fucking things. And my objections to cell phones, there are a couple of them. In principle, I don't like the idea of people just being able to interrupt me wherever I am to just, you know, chat about whatever they feel like, you know, whenever they feel like it. That is a really stupid idea, if you ask me. I don't even really like the idea of people interrupting me at home in the middle of doing whatever I'm doing. So, I mean, the idea of them being able to do it 24 hours a day when I'm out and about as well is not really appealing to me. Furthermore, you know, you can turn off a cell phone if you're out and about with it, but what's the point of even having it then? And I don't really like talking to people all that much in the first place, which you can probably gather from item number one. And then I also object to cell phones in practice, too, because of the rapacious nature of the cell phone companies that seems to be totally and completely unchecked since the very beginning. The plans themselves are typically pretty expensive, and they go out of their way to find every single possible angle they can to screw you. Like if, for instance, you go to the, on the phone that I just got, the My Account section in the Tools and Options, you think that would go to an option screen. Well, actually, no. That goes onto the Internet, and then you start paying for your Internet usage. And, of course, there's no warning. There's no dialog box that comes up that says, hey, you're going to connect to the Internet. No, they're just more than happy to send you right onto the Internet and start charging money for it which I think is pretty fucking bullshit, and that's more or less the way that the cell phone companies operate. And they try to nickel and dime you to death for everything, like microtransactions on Xbox Live. And let me just say, whoever's idea that whole microtransactions idea was, fuck you very much. And there's the whole ringtones thing where Patrick Norton has talked about these conferences he's been to where kids admit to stealing thousands of songs off of you know the internet via various file-sharing services every month, and yet they've paid hundreds of dollars for ringtones. Uh, and I think the issue that I have with the ringtones is not the fact that they're selling it, but the fact that the only way to get them onto your phone is to buy them. Even if you happen to be a musician, as people I know are, you could conceivably come up with your own little ringtone and put on the phone, but no, because they don't really like you being able to control this piece of hardware you own. And, you know, I, as I see that progressing in OSs like Windows Vista, that really kind of makes me uncomfortable which is why I'm not in a big hurry to upgrade to that OS. And by the way, if you haven't read that link, I think it's still on Falcon Twin, about Windows Vista and the DRM involved, you really should, and I think it'll probably change your mind about whether you want to upgrade to Vista. Yeah, there it is. It's at the bottom of the link section. It says, Windows Vista, not exactly looking forward to it. And another case in point, as far as the whole nickel and diming thing, my father, when he went in, when the Verizon guy at the store looked at his plan, 
he just his jaw dropped and he said, "Oh my God, you have unlimited free uh, text messaging." And you know, my father said, "Yeah." And he says, "Wow, you can't even buy a plan like that now." That's how much they want to fuck you over for every last fucking dollar. Is that you can't even buy unlimited service. Never mind the fact that people actually are way more interested in the whole sort of you know buying for unlimited service model than they are in the whole being nickel and dime thing. And it can also be much more lucrative, which was has evidence in the MMO world because they had these MMOs that used to be pay per hour, and then they ultimately went to a flat rate thing where you pay ten dollars a month for as much usage as you want. And people loved it, and the subscriptions went way up, even for people who would have spent less if they had just been paying by the hour. So there you go. Cell phone companies too stupid to learn from history. Not to mention, of course, the long-term contracts that they try to force you into, which are, in other countries, illegal, and rightly so. So, yeah, I don't really like the cell phone companies or cell phones themselves in practice either. And now, anyways, that I did finally get one of these phones, I've replaced my landline phone with it because I sure as hell don't need two phones. I think one is too many to begin with. In a way, I could have, would have liked to switch just to Skype entirely for all my phone usage, but I'm not really sure I'm ready for that. And one of the few positive things I can say about having a cell phone, at least one of the modern cell phones, is that they have a camera, which is useful if you get into a car accident or something like that. You can take pictures of what happened, and so your insurance company can fuck over the other guy's insurance companies in the ass. Item number three, I have a black belt, first degree decided in Taekwondo, which I received so long ago that it's effectively meaningless, but I've heard that having a black belt is kind of like being in the Marines, that once a black belt, always a black belt. I'm not sure I believe that. I did try getting into different martial arts a few years later, shortly before college, and I stuck with it for, I guess, around a year or so, but ultimately I kind of lost interest. Most of the martial arts schools I've ever seen make you do these forms, which People who are into martial arts know what I'm talking about. It, they just are basically a series of you know, punches and kicks and blocks and whatever. Always the same pattern, just over and over again. And it's the most fucking boring thing in the world. And I'm sure that they have a good explanation for it, but it's still the most fucking boring thing in the world. And to be honest, all I really want from a martial art is to just know how to really hurt and kill people. And so at least then I wouldn't have to be physically afraid of everyone, if not necessarily emotionally afraid. But as far as I can tell, most martial arts schools don't really seem to want to teach you just how to really fuck people up, which is kind of frustrating for me since that's all I really want for them. Item number four. I was anorexic in high school. Really? Over the course of my senior year, I went from about 185 pounds at the end of summer to about 112 pounds by the time I graduated. I don't discuss the reasons for this with anyone, and ten years later, my eating habits are still completely broken. And finally, number five. Going to college was a complete and total waste of time. I can't stand my major, and in fact, almost every single other class I've taken, I've enjoyed more than the classes in my major. Linguistics is flat-out awesome, and I don't know what it is. It just seems like everyone in the linguistics profession is cool. I'm taking one last linguistics class this quarter to round out my minor, and so far, I mean, the professor seems like a really cool and funny and interesting guy. And every linguistics professor I've had has been at least good, if not awesome. And so I don't know what that's about, but if only all the subjects were like that. Political science. I've only had four courses in this from two professors, but so far both of them were really awesome. I mean, this poli-sci class that I'm taking this quarter, it has nothing to do whatsoever with my major or my minor, but I'm taking it anyway because I had the professor last quarter for my major, and it was so awesome that I came back. And I think actually it was the only class I ever got an A-plus in in my entire time in college, which, you know, normally I get A's and B's anyway, but an A-plus is pretty unusual for me. And I, I had a blast in that class, so 
Again, poli-sci, much better than Japanese. Even urban studies and planning, which I had last year, wasn't all that bad, although, I don't know, maybe that was better in retrospect than it was at the time. The only class that I've taken that really stands out as being almost universally worse than Japanese was history classes, where I think the professors are just utterly dull as dirt. There was one history class that was any good, and all the rest of them were just really awful. And the professors were disorganized. They didn't really seem to know what they wanted to talk about. They all had their own little areas of study that I had absolutely no interest in. So, yeah, history, definitely for the lose. Oh, I, I take that back. I did have that literature class that was so bad I dropped it. That was awful. But I think that was just because the guy who was teaching it was new and didn't really realize how fucking stupid and masturbatory all the stuff he was assigning his reading truly was. Anyway, as far as my college goes, the odds of me ever going to Japan or making any use of my language skills, such as they are, are somewhere between no way and no how, which, you know, further reinforces the whole uselessness. And, you know, there are a lot of people out there who will say that the most important things you learn in college are outside the classroom. And frankly, I don't know what the fuck any of those things are, because now that I'm nearing the end of college, I realize that I have about as much connection to UCSD as your average contract worker does to his employer, if that. So by the time I graduate, I'll have spent five and a half years in college, and to show for it, I have zero new friends, I attended zero wild parties, and I have zero marketable skills. Furthermore, as a bonus, the marketable skills I did have before I started college have now deteriorated to the point of utter and complete uselessness. When I started, I could program C++ all right. I was actually pretty decent at it. Now, I can't program it for shit. And I wouldn't even want to even if I could again. And so basically, now I have, also, zero hope of landing another job ever again for the rest of my life. Which just goes to show you that college truly is for losers, kids. I'm living proof. So there you go. You want to know why I hate myself so much? Now you got a place to start. And apparently it's bad luck if I don't perpetuate this ridiculous fucking meme by tagging five people who I also want to state five gory details about themselves, although no one ever does. And that's why I'm going to stop the chain right here. Because I want the bad luck. You see, I'm saving up my frequent loser miles for a really sweet fatal car crash, hopefully sometime later this year. So, now that you know all this and probably wish you didn't, this goes back to a little point that I may have made on the podcast before, and I'm going to make again anyway, which is that don't ask people what they think, because they might tell you. Lesson learned? By the way, after the present scene is complete and I've done commentary on that, I'm probably not going to do any more podcasts unless I really have something desperately important to talk about, or until the comic is done. So, just so you know, if you don't get anything after another month or so, that's probably why. Some of the music provided tonight was from the Podshow Podsafe Music Network. Check it out at music.podshow.com. So there.